0: Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, a senior pastor. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. One hand
1: for the Lord, everybody. Come on, one more hand for the Lord. Just High five somebody, or hug somebody, or or slap somebody on the back. (laughs) All right. Thank you, worship team. Do you guys love the worship team? Let's thank them all. Kieran, you're you're my favorite principal. (laughs) Every school principal should be like you. All right. well, everybody, I'm just going to veer left right now in my message. I told the last service, uh, my message has nothing to do with anything I've just said. So just put like a divider there, a room divider. So room dividing now, and, uh, and I'm going to veer left off into another tangent, if you like, but no, into another a message that is not in line with what I just said. So room divide, and I'm going to read to you from Psalm 88. I felt like the Lord put on my heart a message, which I'll just give you the title. It's called, God is with you in the meltdown. God is with you in the meltdown. Anybody ever had a meltdown? Uh, the rest of you are not uh, quite telling the truth. But, uh, <laughs> but all of us have had a meltdown, right? Some stage in our life. Some of you are going, poor Pastor Jared, he's had a meltdown. Uh, we've all had them. I've had, we've all had, you've had several, right? Were you losing the, losing the plot? What's another name for it? And I just I'd speak into that because sometimes we need to understand how, by the way, your breakdown can be your breakthrough. It depends how you look at it. Yeah. Your breakdown is actually a breakthrough. It's just got a little smoke screen over it. And if you see your breakdown, I can't go on, I'm breaking down, I'm burning out. No, you need a new eyes. Because every breakthrough I've ever had in my life or in our church is coming, it looks like a breakdown. But there's a breakthrough. It's just hidden. It's got a smokescreen around it. I need new eyes. So anyway, so I'm going to read from Psalm 88, verse 13, down to verse 18. So here it is, Psalm 88, verse 13. It says, the Psalmist says, O oh Lord, I cry out to you. I'll keep on pleading day by day. O oh Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You've taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Oh my gosh. This is written by Heman the Ephraite, who worked closely with David, King David, was also the great psalmist, and he's from the family of Korah, for all those who know the, uh, the sons of Korah who've written psalms. And the, what we're seeing right here in Psalm 88 is that Heman is having a meltdown. And he says, darkness is my closest friend. Anybody ever said that? Darkness is my closest friend. I think there's a song about that, isn't there? Darkness is my closest friend. He's losing the plot, And in the middle of it, right there, he's um, basically, uh, if you like, attacking God. He's attacking God's character. He is blaming God for what's occurring. He's blamed God for everything that has happened in his life. And uh, and then he's cross-examining God. It's like he's got God in a courthouse and he's cross-examining Him. And, uh, and all of it, when you read it, it's just like, whoa, Lord, why is this even in the Bible? <laughs> because if I was God, I'd be trying to hide Psalm 88, verse 13 to 18. Anybody else? If you were God, wouldn't you think I'd be getting this out of, my, out of the Word of God? And, uh, but instead, God has it squarely right there in His Word. Where most would try to hide it, God is showing it to us. And uh, He's got a reason for doing that. You know, I read uh, Screwtape Letters years ago. Who's read Screwtape Letters? Brilliant, if you can get hold of it. C.S. Lewis wrote it about 1941. It was published and it's what they call in the epistolary fiction. Where he became a Christian, he's an Oxford Don, he's, uh was basically atheist. And then he gets together, I think, with J.R. Tolkien and others who are believers. And he talks about how he was, in a way, brought to Christ by his mind. His thinking was, he was blown away when he began to discover everything about Christianity. Anyway, he went on to write this book, which is really, it's, as I said, a fiction, but it's actually based on his experience as a Christian. When C.S. Lewis, the great literary genius, gave his life to Christ. And then he It's the story of Screwtape, who's like an older demon who's got like a a recent graduate from devil's training named Wormwood, and he's actually training him in how to attack people and how to work with people so that he can deceive us. And so C.S. Lewis has written this incredibly insightful work. If you can get hold of it, as I said, it's so insightful in how the enemy is trying to work in your life. Anyway, and so one of the things that he wrote to Wormwood, his uh, recent graduate, as I said, from the Devil's Training College, he, uh, he writes to him and says, teach humans, teach them to estimate the value of each prayer by its success in producing their desired feeling. Ooh, so he's, he's saying to his, his graduate demon from demon school, uh, the elder demon, he's saying, hey, teach them to estimate the value of every prayer that they ever pray, if they do pray, by the success in producing a desired feeling, the desired feeling in them. And we need to be reminded today, everybody, that your success in your prayer life has nothing to do with any feelings. Some of the greatest things that God has done in my life is when I felt absolutely nothing. Nothing. Some of the greatest things that God has done, and uh, one of them years ago, when I got really ticked at a certain situation, and uh, and I was like, Lord, are You even around? And I was, this is decade, a couple of decades ago. And, uh, and as I said, okay, Lord, help me now to not be caught up in what I'm feeling and help me Lord to obey You right now. And as I obeyed the Lord, gee, an amazing breakthrough came at that time in my life and in a situation that I was facing. But the enemy tries to get you live by you prayed and you feel good about your prayer. <laughs> I prayed and I felt good today. Did you feel good? That has absolutely nothing to do with whether God's answering your prayer or not. God answers His prayer, our prayers, because of who He is and His character and His heart. And so even in this passage where God has allowed this to be in the Scripture, can I just say to you right now, the very presence of this in the Scripture is a witness to the God that we serve—the very presence. I would be like immediately take that out of my word, that uh, you know, attacking scripture about me, and then God says, "No, leave it there." Why is that? Well, it's telling you so much about God, and it's a witness to who He is, and that it's telling you that we serve the God of understanding. You serve the God of understanding if you're a Christian. God understands that men and women, when we're desperate, we say and do different things. And God understands that when you're desperate and in a desperate situation, that what comes out of our hearts, our mouths, our lives can be very different to maybe how people saw us at church. (laughs) Some of us have language at church that's very beautiful. Bless you, Lord. Bless everybody else. And at home, it's more like the French language. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the old way they say, leave your French at home, at, at the door. And it's what I'm talking about, swearing there. But here's the thing, everybody. The very presence of Psalm 88 tells you that God understands your human nature. And God understands you when you're desperate. And He knows how we speak when we're desperate. And it's not always perfect, right? And, uh, but I love it because God is saying, I am a father not because you say or do everything right. He says, I am your father, not because you say or do everything right. God says, I'm your father because that's who I am. That's my nature. And, uh, and I love you even when you're melting down. I love you even when you're melting down. He says, I hear you even when you're melting down. Even when you're blaming me, God says to those of us who have been born again, who've been saved, who become His sons and daughters, He says, I love you even then. And I remember that myself praying a prayer years ago. I was melting down and I was having a meltdown uh, inside internally over my childhood, to be honest, and, uh, and getting the revelation of what I'd gone through as a child, now as a Christian, now I'd become a pastor. And I started having an internal meltdown and I prayed a prayer to God and it was a very nice, I thought it was a nice prayer. It was, very, it was quite good. It had good terms. It had good acknowledgement. It, was, it had a little nice religious edge to it. I thought it was quite good. And God said to me, you don't mean that prayer at all when I prayed it in a park. Now I know that that was God because I would never have said that to me. <laughs> I would never say to me, you don't mean that at all. And God said to me, you don't mean that at all. And I, I was like, what? And I knew God had said to me, tell me how you really feel about it. And so I remember, I remember melting down and giving God both barrels and, uh, and letting God know about my childhood and this happened. Anyway, you know what the Lord said to me after that? He, he was silent for a little I think he was probably trying to get over it. It was a bit, bit full on. <laughs> He wasn't. But he said to me, I've been waiting for you to tell me the truth a long time. I was like, Oh wow. That was a half an hour later. I mean, why waiting not you to tell me the truth for a long time? And listen to this, everybody: God did not collapse. He has big shoulders. He did not collapse, he has big shoulders, and he was well able to hear me tell him the truth from a very painful, angry place. And so that psalmist, I relate and think, that was me then. But I realized that God. Is a father, and even when that day, when I thought, I wonder if I need to move because of the lightning strike that may. <laughs> My religious childhood kind of brought out lightning strike, moving, in case I got hit by something. But listen, I discovered, no, he's a father, and he wants to hear your pain, he wants to hear your difficulty. How, liber- how liberating is that? How freeing is that? God wants to hear from you when even you're upset, when you're angry, when it's not all perfect. And, he's a, and He can take it and, uh, and He can work with you even when you are in a severely challenged place. You know, um, the Bible says us in James 4, verse 7 Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourself. Resist the devil, and He'll flee from you. I love that from that young guy, Francois, in uh, Montreal, saying, Pastor Jerry, you have to submit your whole life to God. Then you meet Him, then, he was, then He's in you. Then you hear from him. Then you know what he's saying. He said, but not everybody wants to submit to him, but I want to. Preach on Sunday, bro. You're good to go. You know, so everybody, um, it's in a submission to God that the devil, and you say devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name of my life. The Bible says he flees. He gets out of there. And, um, and uh, I like another thing uh, that uh, Screwtape said. Uh, he said... Um, that if they do that and they abandon the clamour of self-will, listen to this, he said that God gives them back all their personality and he says, and I'm afraid they become sincerely who God designed them to be. Ooh. So it was in the surrender, he didn't, uh, you know, Scrutate is saying, don't let them surrender to God because they'll actually become who they really were designed to be. Whoo, Wow. So, So in Psalm 88, and there's other Psalms, Psalm 39 is pretty full on as well. But there's, they're complaining in their prayers to God. But here's the thing. They're not just complaining, they're complaining in a prayer to God. Like they're telling God, I'm angry, God this, God that. Everybody, when you complain to God in a prayer and you give it to God, you don't just walk around blaming God or blaming whatever. But when you give it to God, listen, the devil is defeated in a prayer that's even off. <laughs> the devil will be defeated when you say, God, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this. I'm not happy, God, but I give it to you. Listen, right there and then the devil is being defeated. And you need to know that there is breakthrough coming as you give God your ang- uh, you know, anguish, your anxiety, your angst, yeah. and that the devil is being defeated and you've got breakthrough coming. Um, uh, Screwtape says to Wormwood again another one. He says, uh, "He says one of the big challenges with these humans is, you know, they look upon the universe in in which every trace of God seems to vanish, and ask why they have been forsaken." He says, "And what's really annoying is they then still obey. They then still obey." And he's like, "No." That's the bad bit, when it looks like God's gone, God's not answering, God's not doing what I want right now. And it seems that God's vanished, and he, said, and he says, the last thing you want them to do is then obey God. Everybody, obedience is costly. The Bible says obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. At the end of the day, are you obeying God or are you looking like you are? You can look like you're obeying God. Oh, hallelujah, yes, praise the Lord. Oh yes, I like that course they've got coming on, oh yes. We can say all that, but we're not actually obeying God. And then I love it, Screwtape's pointing it out. Oh my gosh, even when God looks like He's forsaken them. And then He knows the victory is when there's nothing going on. It's cold, it's dark, it's the wind's blowing. No one's around, no money. And then they go ahead and obey God. And He's like, ah! And the demons are losing their minds. (laughs) Everybody, Jesus wants you to become holy who you were designed to be. Holy, not a bit. Some of us are still not fulfilled. You're still like, there's no real fulfillment. I wonder why pastor, that pastor is fulfilled. I wonder that Christian is fulfilled. What's it? It's in the surrender, and then your life is fulfilled. If you're in a meltdown stage right now, if you're losing the plot right now, everybody, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. You're a human, and God, even by allowing that sound to be sitting right there, is letting you know. I understand that when you suffer, you don't get it all right. I understand when you're in a painful place, you don't get the words or you're thinking all perfect. And He goes, but I still love you and I still want you. Remember that saying, everybody, God would rather have an imperfect son or daughter than no son or daughter at all. Don't have in your thinking that God doesn't want me because I'm not perfect. No, 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 no. He absolutely wants you. What He does want though, is that you don't keep hurting yourself. A lot of Christians sabotage themselves over and over again. Just as they're about to follow through on something, they then sabotage it. That's what you will hear us talk about here is what we're saying to you, don't sabotage it. What I said to you earlier in the message is, not God saying, hey, you're not good. It's like, no, 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 He's saying don't sabotage it. Don't wreck it when it's about to get good. Don't sabotage the future. So in what needs to be sown in, ask the questions and ask for God's grace. But in doing so, the breakthrough is on the way. Exodus 15, verse 2. Everybody be encouraged with these Scriptures. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. He's my God and I'll praise Him. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. What's dismayed? Don't be distressed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I'll help you. And I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. What does that mean? He's going to undergird you when you come to him, even with your imperfect prayers, even with your meltdown. Isaiah 40 But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What does wait mean? Stop talking. Those who wait in the Lord, stop talking. After you've got it all out to God, then stop talking, and then let God talk. Be silent until you hear from Him. We're always interrupting God. <laughs> Every time we're about to, God's about to talk, we're like, and Lord, <laughs> and and this, and Him, and her, and God's like, hey, I, I, I want to speak to you, but you've got to stop talking and wait. 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 Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Everybody, that's God's plan for you. That's God's purpose for you. God's with you. If you're in a meltdown right now, he's with you. If you're in a challenge right now, he loves you. If you're if you're thinking right now God's got angry with me, no he hasn't. He's absolutely for you. He's just saying to you. Surrender to me, and I'm going to cause you to be the very you that I designed you to be, blessed and fruitful, blessed and fulfilled for the rest of your days. Everybody, God bless. Can we just give the Lord a big hand as you stand up this
0: morning? Give the Lord a great hand. Come on, listen. Thank you so much for joining us online today.